Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm Micah Boggs, and with me, I'm alongside Pastor David Lawson. It's good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. Um, So we're excited um, to continue um, just on a topic of what we've been kind of continuing in our church right now. We're in a series called Relationship Goals, and so we want to take a a deeper dive uh, into what uh, we're already discussing on Sunday mornings, but if you haven't had a chance to watch those uh, sermons yet, you can go to our website, graceforohio.org, um, and you can go to our sermon series, and you'll be able to find it in that section. Um, and if you haven't yet, make sure you like, share, or subscribe um, to the Full Life Podcast, and so that way you can stay up to date uh, with what we're posting, when we're posting, uh, other things that are going up on our church. Make sure you're up to date with other sermons as well. Um, so make sure you uh, tune in in that way. Um, but today, uh, we're, like I said, going to take a deeper dive into a particular section in our current series. And so uh, we uh, found it on our hearts to kind of see what were people Googling uh, about relationships. And so we started looking into what were the biggest questions people were asking on Google about relationships. And so we kind of picked out uh, a couple of the top questions and we wanted to look at it through the lens of God's word rather than the lens of people who can be faulty just as much as we're human and we're faulty. So um, we wanted to see what it, what God had to say about it. Um, and so we're just going to dive straight in to the first question. Um, Pastor Dave, why do relationships fail? Well, I think uh, I can give that a one-word answer. And a lot of people could use uh, different words, different phrases, maybe, that they would come up with, different experiences that they've had. But I think the one word I would use is selfishness. Micah, as soon as someone gets selfish in a relationship, as soon as they make it about themselves, when they make it about their happiness, about their preferences, about their opinions, whatever the, whatever it might be, when it becomes about them, the relationship begins to unravel. Even if the other person isn't others-oriented, as soon as one person begins taking advantage of that, or they become selfish, or especially when both parties become selfish, then the relationship just spirals out of control mm-hmm. and it begins to fail. I'm going to uh, share some uh, wisdom uh, from uh, Jesus' half-brother James when he wrote about this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The, these verses, these few verses here, if, if people were to put these into practice and understand these practices, I <laughs> understand the principles of these, I think it would save them hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars <laughs> in counseling, just in these few verses. And this is what he says. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? I don't know how many times someone has come to my office, oh, I can't figure out why we keep fighting. Why are we always at yeah. each other's throats? You know, we just don't understand it. Well, then James goes on to answer it. And it's really Very simple. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And so Mm. there's something that's going on inside of us that's a natural inclination of ourselves that brings these fights and quarrels uh, to bear in our relationships. He says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. But then he says, but when you ask God... You do not receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives Mm. that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Selfishness just ruins relationships. It really causes them to unravel because it becomes about 
a particular person, and it doesn't become about the other person. It doesn't become about the relationship at large, something greater than that. It becomes about them, and it really starts to unravel. When we put God at the center of our relationships and we put others' interests above our own, relationships go really, really well. Jesus even talked about this. He said, uh, when he was asked what the greatest commandment was, this this was his response. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, Mm. with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And the second is like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, put God at the center of your life, bring him into all of your relationships and put him in the center of all your relationships. And when you're doing that, you're honoring him and you're considering the interests of other people Mm. above your own. So putting God at the center and putting others ahead of yourself is a great recipe for good relationships. And the Apostle Paul even said this. He said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So when I'm in a relationship with somebody, my motivations can't be about me, and it can't be about my pursuits. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, that's the opposite. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. That's the opposite of selfishness. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then he makes this remarkable statement when it comes to relationships. He just lays it out there. He says, in your relationships with one another. In other words, when you're approaching your relationship with somebody, what I'm about to say is what your approach in your mindset should be. And if this is your approach in your mindset, it's going to go well with you. So in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God. So Jesus had it, it was fully God and fully man. So he had the nature of God. He didn't, in spite of that, the Apostle Paul says, he did not consider equality with God yeah. something to be used to his own advantage. Yeah. Even when he could have, he didn't. He didn't use, he didn't, even though he had a leg up on everybody else, he didn't use it. He didn't lord it over somebody because of it. He, he did not use it to his own advantage. Yeah. Rather, it says, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Yeah. Humility, God-focused, and others-oriented. Man, that is a great formula for yeah. great relationships. As soon as the relationship, though, gets selfish, it's over. It starts unraveling. Yeah. I think it's very well answered, especially, um, man, those, that verse in Philippians is one of my favorites. Powerful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, just making sure that any believer, follower of Jesus is putting him first, mm-hmm. then making sure, even go back to the, um, the verse in Matthew, if you love the Lord with right. all of your heart, then that love is going to flow into your love for other people. Jesus um, central, others first. Yeah. That's what you, put yeah. him at the center, put others first. Yeah. yeah. So next question is, when is a relationship over? When do you know a relationship is coming to an end? Again, I think it's a, I think it's a one phrase answer. It is the a relationship is over when trust is lost. Mm. When you lose trust in a relationship, it's over. Something has happened in that relationship. There's either been dishonest, dishonesty, there's been a, maybe a lack of transparency, or there's been infidelity. Something has happened 
that causes one person in that relationship to doubt yeah. the trustworthiness of the other person. And when that happens, things really begin yeah. unraveling. It, 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 it's over. Again, I'm going to borrow from uh, James's uh, letter here, and this is what he says. He says, but wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. And so that means it is complete. It comes that that would be the word we get integer from. There's there's no there's wholeness. It's pure. It's it's clean. It's unblemished. Yeah. So wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Man, if those were in our relationships, we'd all be really happy, wouldn't we? Yeah. We'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. So all relationships are built on trust. The foundation of every good relationship is trust. Yeah. And you can't have trust. Unless you have truth, yeah. Where you find trust, you're going to find truth, and where you have truth, you have a found, you have the building blocks for a good relationship that will yeah. be built upon trust. I don't know if uh, you've heard, or maybe our listeners have, have heard the name uh, Leonardo Keeler or not, but they certainly know uh, the the fruit of his work. He was one of the co-inventors of the lie detector test. Oh, really? The polygraph. Yeah. He tested twenty five thousand human beings when it came to the lie detector test. And this is the conclusion he came to uh, as a result of his study and his testing. This is what he said. I wrote down, he says, every human being is by nature dishonest. Mm. Every human being by nature is dishonest. This is after testing 25,000 people. Every human being by nature is dishonest. That's, man, a, that's that, a hard truth because I don't feel like yeah, you want to say, oh, right, man, I'm a liar. Right, and, and, <laughs> and a lot of people think, well, he's a good person or I'm a good yeah. person. No, we're by inclination, by nature, we are dishonest people. And that's why we need Jesus at the center mm. of our lives because we need a new heart. We need a new nature to combat this natural inclination that we have. We need this transformation that only Jesus can bring to our lives. And when he does that and when we enter into relationship with him, we accept the forgiveness that he offers to us and his leadership in our life, what mm. we're doing is we're bringing truth. This is, this is the key part. We're bringing truth into our lives. And when we do that, we bring integrity yeah. to every aspect of our lives. Right. We bring that purity. We bring that truth. We bring, begin establishing that foundation of trust in our relationships with other people because God is trustworthy toward us. Yeah. And so when we bring that trustworthiness and that truth uh, into our relationships, then we have that really strong foundation, and we have a, a means by which to establish these healthy relationships in our lives. Uh, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, yeah. and the life. Truth is not a statement. Truth is a person. Yeah. Statements are true, but truth is a person. And when we bring him into our lives, and, he's the same, and he is the same yesterday, today, Amen. and forever— yeah then when we bring that into our relationships, then we're starting to bring healthy relation. Uh, um, we're starting to bring trust yeah. into a relationship that becomes healthy. Yeah. I think also other ways of making sure, ensuring that you're bringing trust into relationship is just coming out. And if, if you have something that you're afraid to tell your significant other or tell even in friendships, let's say, um, be honest, straightforward, um, because... Uh, you know, there's a saying uh, I've heard uh, here at Grace before, uh, God will cover 
what you uncover in the mm-hmm. sense that he mm-hmm. will forgive you. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be immediate with right. the person that right. you harmed, but God will cover that in forgiveness. Um, but he will uncover what you choose to cover. And so, yeah. like, I'd rather, rather come clean. Come clean yeah. right. than, and, so th- and then further on, you will have a better yeah. understanding of trust in, yeah. relation, in your relationship with others. Absolutely. There, there are two aspects of honesty that I like to think about. Um, and I want to make sure that we, we have um, definition to both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Honesty, a lot of times when we think about honesty, we think about saying things as they are, what true, yeah. s- speaking things that are true. Now, as a as a follower of Jesus Christ, they also have to be kind. We have a biblical obligation to be kind. We don't just tell it like it is, but right. we tell it the way it is, right. but we do it with kindness. That That's being honest. Mm-hmm. But there's another part of honesty that could, would fall in, in where we are transparent. Yeah. Because when we're not transparent where we need to be and with the people we need to be. Yeah. In other words, not everybody needs to know everything about my life, but my wife does. Yeah. You know, right. and, and I need to I need to be transparent with that. Yeah. So I'm not covering it. If I'm covering it up, then I'm being deceptive. Yeah. And so honesty has a couple of parts. One is the truth telling part, and one is the uh, transparency yeah. part and being appropriately transparent. In other words, I'm not being dishonest if I don't tell you every aspect of my life. But if there is something that we are engaged in in a project or in an accountability relationship or whatever it might be, where my transparency yeah. uh, allows that that relationship to function at the level it should, and I'm holding and I'm withholding that, yeah. then I'm not being transparent and right. I'm being deceptive. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's that sense of like when sometimes people think that self-disclosure can cause pe- you to push people away. Yeah. Um, in the sense, if you're over honest about things or you're over transparent, then sure that could happen depending on what you're sharing. Um, and like you said, you don't have to share it with everyone, but it is important to share it with your spouse. Um, yeah. And, uh, but actually, on the other hand, sometimes self-disclosure can really cause, like, oh, draw yeah. you closer yeah, to absolutely. someone because then you're on a deeper level of understanding. Why? Because you're you're saying I trust you with this. Yeah, you know, and so you know, everybody has these concentric circles of relational closeness. You yeah, know, people in your inner circle are really close, and that's mm-hmm. really, really a few people. You might only have one person in the closest, or you might have two or three. Yeah, and then they go out, and so you know, you have your Walmart relationships that are out here, but then you have your your marital and your family relationships that are here. And yeah. so, what I tell these people is not the same as what I tell these people. Yeah, right. But I can't have this relationship like this close to the core. Yeah, and operate. In my wall, in a Walmart relationship mode, you see right, what I'm saying, right? And so, uh, in order to have that closeness, we have to be appropriately transparent wherever we are, yeah. in our relationships. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, so the next one is actually not particularly a question; it's more of a statement mm. um, that we kind we kind of hear often, especially in our cultures. God just wants me to be happy, or uh, I'm meant to be happy. I need to pursue happiness. I need to do what makes me happy. Right? Uh, how do we? Uh, combat that yeah. or um what is the truth behind that statement yeah this is probably a statement i hear it might be the number one thing i hear um i don't have a data sheet on it but i, I think <laughs> maybe the number one thing i hear from people who come in who are discontent with their relationship they want out or they're not happy with something and it can be an individual who comes in it can be the couples that are at each other's throat and they're just not happy god just wants us to be happy you know um i hear that over and over again and um 
you know, if you're if you're not happy in a relationship, then and you don't want to be in the relationship, then 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 get out. Now, if you're married, that's a different situation because the commitment part uh, right. comes in there. But I, I have nothing against happiness. I, I I want to be happy. You know, my wife wants to be happy. We want to be happy in our relationship. But here's the difference: the difference is when when happiness is your goal, mm. and when happiness is the byproduct of the ultimate goal. And a lot of people. When they when they're saying, "Doesn't God just want me to be happy?" they've they've identified the wrong goal of their relationship. Um, it's it's really a less mature goal. It's a self centered yeah. kind of goal. And we already talked about what self centeredness does to relationships. And so when you're saying, "I want to, I just want to be happy," or God just wants me to be happy, and that's an excuse for you to get out of relationship. Yeah. Then you really have a selfish motivation, and that statement really betrays the motivation or the mindset you have going into that relationship and a mm-hmm. self. Uh, a self-centered perspective is not a healthy perspective in your relationships. Healthy relationships put God's interests and the interests of others above your own. I yeah. can't stress that enough. This, it's going to be a common theme yeah. you're going to be hearing through this entire conversation probably, uh, that you have to put God at the center of your relationship and the interests of others above your own. Jesus said it. Love God first. Put him at the center. Put others First, years ago, Gary Thomas uh, wrote a book called Sacred Marriage. I commend it to people uh, to go ahead and read. And this is the statement that he said, what if God designed marriage to make you holy instead of happy? Mm. What if your relationship isn't as much about you and your spouse as it is about you and God? And then he goes on to uncover many ways where uh, when we enter into this mindset that the purpose of this relationship is to make us holy, more set apart yeah. for God and his purposes, um, that when we have this mindset that relationship is that God wants to use this relationship to make me holy rather than merely happy, yeah. uh, what benefit that is to me and what that be- the benefit that is to my spouse in this case when he's talking about yeah. marriage. And so I commend that book to someone. If if this is where you are in your relationships, where you are thinking God just wants me to be happy, and you're just you're seeking happiness in the relationship rather than God's purposes in the relationship, I would encourage you to to read that book, uh, Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just kind of thinking through as you were talking about uh, when you when you talked said about the the um, holiness over happiness. Um, you know, if, if we pursue Jesus, um, and we have this, that what we call sanctification, right? The process of becoming more like Jesus. When we become more like Jesus, we're going to be thinking less about the happiness and more of the choice of joy through mm-hmm. that. And, and we'll have joy in our relationships. We'll have joy in our own heart. We'll have joy in Jesus it may not be joyful because of certain circumstances mm. that happen in life. But um, I think joy comes when we choose to be more like Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us. Yeah, and, and we're trusting God, and then we're content to trust God in those circumstances, which is a, which is why circumstances don't rob us of our joy, because yeah. we, we know God is walking with us in that. We know that he's showing up in that. We might not get things according to our preferences, but we will we will uh, receive from God what is our best. Yeah. And that's when when you have a mindset that I, I, I want the best for my my spouse in, in a marriage relationship. I want the best for my spouse. And I want the best for me in this relationship. So I'm going to trust God with it. And even when difficult circumstances come along where you're not very happy, you can still have joy because you're trusting that God is going to yeah. be faithful in yeah. all of that. 
There have been times when Julie and I have set, have been through walked through difficult times uh, with members of our family or circumstances that are beyond our control. Um, not a not a strife between she and I, but just uh, in our marriage, we are we're walking through some uh, challenging times that might be uh, in our family, and we'll say we're just not going to let this rob us of our joy. Yeah, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, because we're going to trust God with this, and we're going to be—we know He's going to be faithful, and He's mm-hmm. going to walk us through this. And so, it's a game changer putting putting God at the center and counting Him trustworthy, and resting in the security of that. Mm-hmm. Then I can pursue the interests of the other person because I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God with it. So now I can serve somebody else. And, right. and you know, when we get self-centered, we—it's really about security. It's about uh, I'm not sure God's going to show up here. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not sure that I'm going to be happy. I'm not sure that it's like. Well, if if you get if you find security in your relationship with God, it, it it'll work out for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this next question actually is going to be a little bit heavier um, hitting than the other ones, um, especially for those who have faced this or are mm-hmm. currently facing this. Um, how do you get out of a toxic relationship, an mm-hmm. unhealthy yeah. relationship? Well, I'm going to start by saying, you know, toxic relationships are real. Um, but I also want uh, I want to make sure that we're guarding against just throwing that phrase around. Sometimes people will label a relationship toxic simply because they don't want to be in it, mm. you know, and or something doesn't go according to their liking or their yeah. preference or whatever it might. Be. Well, that's that's not a toxic relationship, you know. Um, if you don't want to be in that relationship, get out. Unless you're married, and there's the commitment part that comes into that, and, and we talk about that in this series, and I would encourage people to to listen to that, um, especially the third week in the series, I think. Um, but if 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 that's the case, and you don't have a you don't have a marital commitment that's in there, just get out of the relationship. You don't if you don't want to be in it, and you're going to be unhappy in it. Um, but then there, are, on the other hand, there are these genuinely toxic relationships. And uh, the question you asked was, uh, how do we get out of that? Mm. Well, uh, I'm going to rest on the advice that we heard from Pastor Nick on this in his message. And uh, I think it's it's words and advice that he uh, received from uh, Michael Todd on this Mm. in his book, Relationship Goals. Uh, But there are three steps. Uh, The first is to end it quickly. There's never a perfect time. Now is as good a time as any. You don't have to wait for all the stars and the planets to align in order to, to do this. You know, yeah. just end it quickly. Get it done. Uh, there's never a perfect time. Next, end it kindly. Yeah. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a biblical obligation to be kind. And so uh, genuinely want the best for the other person. Get yourself to a point where you genuinely want the best for the other person. You're not ending it harshly. Yeah, We still have the obligation, don't we, to consider the interests of the other person. Even more ending it, and it's not healthy, we don't yeah. like it, uh, we still have an obligation to consider the interests of the other person as best as we are able. Yeah, And the third is to end it clearly. Uh, don't, don't fall into the... If you really want to end the relationship and it needs to end... Uh, don't leave the door open for this. Yeah. Is going to just be a season of time or whatever. Right. So, uh, in it quickly, in it kindly, in it clearly. Uh, yeah. That's the advice that uh, that we heard in our message, and I think that uh, Michael Todd gives us in his yeah. book, uh, Relationship Goals. Yeah. yeah, and I I want to make this um, like clear too that I get that it's really really hard sometimes for some yeah. people to leave these relationships because they think that there's security in there. 
Um, but if you feel yourself um, and you're not married and you feel yourself constantly in tears, mm. constantly hurting, aching, anxious, depressed because of this relationship, and you think that this person is going to fulfill your need, um, I know we've already talked about in, in the previous sermons that no person will ever make you feel whole. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that is only found through Jesus. Right. Um, and I would take steps, the, uh, a big first step of boldness and get help from uh, a friend um, and walk, have someone walk through with you because it can be so easy for people to think that they're strong enough on their own to go get out of an unhealthy relationship. Um, but find some people that are willing to walk with you um, and then also look for rest and comfort in Jesus yeah. um, because otherwise you're going to continue to feel lost and hopeless when there is a man, Jesus, who open, has open arms and is welcoming you with hope and purpose um, and, a, and a restored relationship and life in him. So yeah. don't, I just want to make yeah. sure that that— Yeah, don't let insecurity keep you from making the right, the right choice. Yeah. And, you know, the Scripture says that in, um, in Jesus all the fullness of deity dwells. And so when, when the Lord Jesus becomes a part of our life in a relationship with him, he brings that fullness yeah. with him, and we are complete— a person, another person will not make us complete. Only Jesus Christ will make us complete. We are fully complete in him. I don't need a spouse to make me complete. Julie doesn't need me to make her complete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad she's not resting on that. Uh, and she, and, and, but, but the Lord is the Lord Jesus, the one who brings us complete. You know, it was said years ago, it's still true. You know, there is this God shaped vacuum uh, in the, the hearts and the souls of every person. And that, and that shape can only be filled. Uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and He's the one who brings us completeness. Another person isn't going to do it. Job isn't going to do it. Money isn't going to do it. Materialism, isn't gonna, nothing's going to do it. Vacations won't do it. Nothing will do it. Leisure won't do it. It's just not that that vacuum, that that space in our lives will not be occupied by anything else. Yeah. Only through a relationship with Jesus Christ, and so right. our wholeness really comes from Him. And boy, again, that's we're getting back again, aren't we, to putting God first in our relationships, making Him the center of our of our relationships and of our lives, mm-hmm. and then uh, we can move forward with confidence from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have uh, kind of one more heavy hitter question. Okay. Um, so, what if you're married, and let's not label this um, toxic per se, but what if you're married and you're and you're in a, find yourself in an abusive, mm. unhealthy relationship? Yeah. Well, I would call abusive toxic um, for sure. And I think what I want to talk about here um, goes beyond the marital relationship. And so we'll, but we'll definitely talk about that. But I think the principles that are here will be helpful regardless of what relationship you are in. I'm going to start with a story. Um, so I think it was like 2012 or something like that. There was this, uh, the case actually came to trial in, in 2016. But uh, there's a woman uh, by the name of Diane Stoudy, and she had a daughter named, or has a daughter named Rachel. And Diane Stoudy decided that she was going to poison her husband, her autistic, her her adult autistic son, and another one of her daughters. Rachel, one of her other daughters, became an accomplice to this crime. And so over a period of time, she poisoned them with 
antifreeze. Even when on the uh, even when on the internet to try to find antifreeze that would wow. that wouldn't have this ethylene glycol taste to it, yeah. <laughs> so they wouldn't know that, that their Gatorade and their Coca Cola were being spiked with this antifreeze. And so, oh over gosh. time, of course, uh, poisoned her husband and her son and her daughter. Uh, the husband died. Uh, the son died. And then the daughter experienced all kinds of neurological and, and physical wow. uh, symptoms as as a result of this poisoning. And uh, her other daughter, Rachel, was an accomplice to this whole thing. Well, they confessed to it in 2016, of course, were sentenced and so forth. And uh, in by their own estimation, this this is how they this is the 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 motive behind why they did it. Uh, they decided to poison her husband, because they just wanted a little bit of peace. They decided to poison their autistic, her, her autistic son, Rachel's brother, uh, because he was extremely annoying, they said. And then they poisoned Rachel's sister or Diane's daughter, other daughter, um, because she was really nosy. So that was the motivation. Now, why, wow. am, I t- why am I sharing this story? I'm sharing this story because those are toxic relationships, not because of the poisoning, but they're, they're toxic relationships. And because the, the, anti, the reason I'm telling you the story is because antifreeze didn't kill them right away. Yeah. It was, over, it was exposure over a long period of time. Wow. That's what toxic relationships are. They're exposure over a long period of time that bring toxicity into your life, and they're damaging to your life. And some people have a lot of times have a lot of trouble recovering. Even with counseling, they have trouble recovering from those relationships because they've wow. been exposed to them for a very long time. Their daughter, their, their daughter that was poisoned will never recover. Wow. I mean, she's going to suffer those symptoms the rest of her life. Yeah. Well, that's the way it is with toxic relationships a lot of times. Wow. There are some people who are just toxic and cons- consistent uh, exposure to them uh, will, will, will damage our lives and bring the repercussions uh, to our lives. So how do, we, how do we deal with this? What are some steps that we need to be taking? You mentioned abuse. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is create distance. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's the first step. If you are in a, a situation where you're suffering abuse, whether it's physical abuse or sexual abuse, or you have a a son or daughter in that relationship where they are suffering physical abuse or sexual abuse, you need to get out of that. You need to separate. You need to get out of there. Do it right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it right now. And it probably needs to be reported. So get that kind of separation. Remove yourself from the abusive situation. Now, as, a, as someone who is a follower of Jesus Christ, um, that doesn't mean you walk out of that relationship and lawyer up right away. Yeah. The purpose, and this is a really important principle, the purpose of separation is reconciliation. Hmm. That's why you separate. You need to get your head around this. It's, yeah. it's hard. It might not be easy to do. It might take you some time. I've never been in that situation, but I can see where it might take a little time you know, to, to get there, where you understand right. the separation is for the purpose of reconciliation. You might have to start getting some counseling or whatever. Uh, but you, you create some space in order to begin thinking about this the right way and think about it in terms of a reconciliatory kind of way and so that you and the other person can begin getting the, the counseling, either professional counseling or pastoral counseling that's needed uh, to begin building your relationship on trust and having the building blocks in your relationship that mm-hmm. you need. 
And so I, I would I would encourage people to to think, you know, if you're if you're in a situation where you're at risk, you need to get out. That's yeah. just all there is to it. Yeah. But here's another here here's an important principle for us to remember. Uh the Apostle Paul wrote to Roman Christians, and Rome was a was a toxic city. And this is what he wrote to those Roman Christians in Romans chapter 12. He said this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. That wow. What that is saying is that you're responsible for your part. You're not responsible for the other person's part. The other person has to take strides as well. They're, they're going to have to make some progress too. They have to show some interest in reconciling with you as well. Yeah. And so... Um, you have to be concerned about your part. You have to do what you have to do in order to be the person that you need to be. Let me share with 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 us three three statements that might be helpful in this kind of situation. One statement begins with "I didn't." The other one stand, uh, begins with "I can't," and the last statement begins with "I won't." Hmm. The first statement begins with "I didn't." I didn't create this toxicity in this person's life. Yeah. Now, if you did, you know, if you if you were somehow a contributor to it, you you had a dysfunctional re- relationship or interaction with that person, and somehow you contributed to it. You need to repent of that, confess yeah. it, and you need to seek forgiveness for right, that. Right. But if but if you weren't the one who contributed to the toxicity, you need just need to recognize it and, and speak truth about that to yourself. I didn't create this toxicity in this person's life. Yeah. That's the first statement. The second statement is, I can't. I can't control what that person does. Mm. You know, as much as we would like to think that we're in control of somebody, as much as we could think that one more conversation or whatever it's going to de- do, one more deed mm. is going to turn that person around, they're making the decision themselves. They, they're responsible for being open to a healthy relationship, and they're responsible for inviting God into that relationship Right. And, and pursuing it with biblical principles. And so I didn't, I can't, and the last statement is I won't. I won't change mm. him or her. Uh, yeah. You just can't do it. You, you're, there's no way that you're going to change that person. They have to be the one who will be willing to change. Now, that, that doesn't mean you're washing your hands of the situation. Right. If you're a follower of Jesus right. Christ, I've counseled many people. You were hurt by this. There's no doubt about it. It wasn't fun. It wasn't good. But you still have to have a tender heart open to reconciling. If God brings that person around, you make the changes in your life that you need to make, they're making the changes in their life that they need to make, and if you see a way to build this relationship cautiously, uh, verifiably, on on the foundation of trust, then you'll have something to build on, and you have to be open to that kind of... If you're married, you have to be open to that kind of reconciliation, and you need to pray for that person. You need right. to be praying for them. Yeah. So that's the first step is get some, get some distance, get some space. Mm. What's, the, what's the second step? Uh, the second step is to stay true to your convictions. Um, you have to be who you are, and you have to be who God wants you to be. Developing biblical convictions is the healthiest approach to your life. And once you establish those convictions, you know where to draw the lines. You know the boundaries that are in your life. And when you feel when you have those convictions and you're living out those convictions in a healthy way, yeah. then you know when you're getting pushed to the edge and you know where to draw the line and when to when to stop and when to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. But if you're a people pleaser 
and you're someone who's willing to bend those convictions for the sake of somebody else, it's going to be an unhealthy situation. Yeah. You Staying true to your convictions will help you in the immediate term mm. and will help that other person in the long term mm. because they know that, look, this person is serious about us establishing this fidelity, this truth fidelity in our lives. Yeah. The Apostle Paul said, uh, we are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. If you're a people pleaser, if you have, a tr- if you have trouble um, uh, feeling like you always have to please people to get, the, um, to get the approval of other people and bend your convictions in order to do that or for your own security, this might be a good verse for you to memorize. First mm-hmm. Thessalonians 2, 4. We are not trying to please people but God who tests yeah. our hearts. Mm-hmm. So there's two resources I'd like to give to people as I wrap this part up. Uh, that I would recommend for people to read. First is the book Boundaries uh, by Dr. Henry McLeod and mm-hmm. by John Townsend. Great book. Encourage you to read that. And the second one is uh, the Michael Todd book that we talked about before, mm-hmm. uh, Relationship Goals. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was, um, that was a lot, but I think that was really important to cover um, because <laughs> sometimes there can be this... Uh, sense of, oh, the church doesn't feel like we cover mm-hmm. certain things mm-hmm. or they don't talk about how to handle these certain situations. Um, but it's important mm-hmm. because these these are real things that yeah. real people have to experience on a normal basis, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thank you for handling that with so much mm-hmm. uh, truth first from the word uh, and, and with grace and love. I uh, appreciate that. So uh, we're going to take a, a turn um, towards hope. And since we covered so many different uh, questions so far, um, and a lot of them were, like I said, heavy hitters, um, it can be one thing to learn a bunch of information mm-hmm. about how to handle these situations or what it's like for certain people in these situations or um, what does God have to say about it. Um, but since we believe that there's always a next step here, what are some things that we can do um, in light of all that we just learned or talked about? Yeah. Well, I think there's two, uh, two overarching ones that, that will really serve you well, regardless of the status. Even, even if you have healthy relationships, these will apply to you. If you're in mm-hmm. toxic relationships, these will apply to you and anything in between. Uh, the first one is establish a relationship with God. That That's the very mm-hmm. first thing. And for all the reasons that we talked about, we have this natural inclination towards sin. We have this natural inclination toward dishonesty uh, and wanting our own way, selfish ambition, vain conceit. We just have this natural, that's that's our, what the Bible calls our fallen nature. That's, that's who we naturally are. Yeah. It, as hard as it is to believe, even the babies that come out of the womb have this natural inclination. When they become two, you recognize it right away. But, uh, you know, this is a natural inclination that, that we all have. And so we need a new nature. Yeah. We need truth brought into our lives. We need forgiveness of our past. We, we need that reconciliation with God because all of us were created to have a relationship with God. Yeah. That's part of being created in the image of God. But sin has broken that relationship. Uh, it's distanced us from God. Why? Because he's holy. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that he cannot even look upon sin. And so the reason we Jesus came was to bring that forgiveness for us, to to forgive us of our sin, to, to remove the consequences of that uh, the eternal consequences of that sin mm-hmm. from our lives. Yeah. 
And so uh, it's a relationship we are created to have. It's one we don't have because of our sin, but it's one that we can have because of Jesus. Jesus yeah. came to pay the penalty for our sin, died in our place, because the, the penalty of sinning against a holy God is death. There's physical death, and then there's spiritual death, eternal death, yep. se- eternal separation from God. Um, the prophet Isaiah said, your iniquities have separated you from God. And so Jesus reconciled that. The pr- reason Jesus came was to reconcile us with the Father uh, with whom we were intended to have an eternal relationship. Yeah. But it's a relationship we have to choose to have. Yeah. It's not automatic. You don't get on the family plan. You may have had a grandmother who went to church. You might have had a, a dad or a grandfather who was a pastor. You don't get on the family plan. Uh, you get in by choosing mm-hmm. uh, to accept the forgiveness that Jesus has already offered to us. That gift of forgiveness is like a gift. Someone's extending a gift. It's not yours until you receive it. You need to accept this gift of eternal life mm. through the person of Jesus Christ. Ask him for forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, ask him to lead your life. It's one you have to choose to have. Yeah. And if people are, I think, hey, that's my next, that's where I am. That's my next step. God has been working in my life. I'm ready to take that next step. I encourage them just to text Jesus to our number, and uh, we'll be happy to provide them with resources and help them take the next steps in their spiritual journey. So we need that truth in our life because truth, when it comes to relationships, relationship with God and relationship with others, that our uh, our relationships are built on the foundation of trust, and that trust only happens where there's truth. The second step after establishing a relationship is to grow in that relationship with God and others. You just can't stay stagnant. You have to make an investment Mm -hmm. in your relationship with God and with other people. You know, I've learned that the greatest gift that we can give to somebody else is a better us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best gift I can give to my wife is a better me. Mm-hmm. The best gift that she can give to me is a better her. And so as we are growing in our relationship with God, we're growing in our relationship with one another. And the more secure I am in my relationship with God, the more I can invest in relationships that I have that God has put in my place. So how do I do that? Well, uh, there are there, there are three investments that I need to be making. One is regular time in God's Word. There I learn about God's wisdom. I learn about uh, the truth about God. I learn the truth about myself. I learn yeah. the truth about other people. And I learn how to relate to God and relate to others. I learn that. I learn where I am, uh, uh, what's right. I learn where I'm not right. I learn how to get right. And then I learn how to stay right. That's, yeah. that's what God's Word does for mm. me. And so regular time in God's Word is helpful. It's practical. It's not yeah. just head knowledge. It's how I live out my life. Right. The second investment is regular time in church. Mm. Um, you know, going to church won't make you a Christian, and it won't make you a, a better person any more than standing in a garage will make you a car. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you're positioning yourself for really strong investments in your life because right. when you go to church, if you're a follower of Jesus and you go to church. You are reestablishing, you are affirming that Jesus is the center of your life and you're worshiping and honoring him, not other things. You're worshiping and honoring him. And then you're doing that with people who are in a similar pursuit that you are in. That's that's a healthy situation to be in. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage people to to regularly invest in in church. Be there every week, unless you're on vacation or you're on a business trip or something like that. Even that, a lot of times you can watch on nowadays, you you can watch online. Yeah. So uh, regular time in God's Word, uh, regular time in the church, uh, and, the, and the last is regular time with healthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You've probably heard it said, maybe you've, maybe you've said it yourself, maybe you heard it from your mother, your grandmother, whatever. Bad company corrupts good character. Yep. Um, that's not just conventional wisdom, that's biblical advice. Even King Solomon uh, talked about that in his Proverbs, and he said, uh, walk with the wise and become wise because right. a companion of fools mm-hmm. suffers, and this is a heavy word, harm. Yeah. We think we can get away with it. We think it's fun. We think it's... No, a companion of fools suffers harm. Long-term exposure to unhealthy people where you're being influenced yeah. by un- you're going to have harm in your life. So yeah. get around healthy people. Um, make sure that you have uh, people in your life who are helping you uh, pursue the, the lifestyle, the healthy lifestyle, the God-honoring lifestyle that you want. Good. Yeah, thank you. Those are very helpful next steps and um, making sure that when we start that relationship with Jesus, invest in that relationship with Jesus, um, we can go back to what we said in the beginning of when you love God first, you'll learn to love others really well. And it comes down to the loving God first and loving others. And so if we learn to invest in our relationship with him, Mm -hmm. we'll love people a little bit better. um, And we'll learn to, to grow and walk with him. Yeah. So uh, thank you for this time. Thank you. And uh, thank you for uh, joining us as we uh, dove into a very tough topic, but a good topic to talk about. Um, relationships are hard, um, mm-hmm. but relationships are important because yeah. we are created for relationships. Right. Um, so uh, just remember that Jesus came that we may have life and life to the full. Um, and stay tuned for uh, upcoming podcasts. Make sure um, you hit that a like, share, subscribe, so then you're included in uh, what's going on here at Grace. And uh, hope to see you next time.